We're bringing you abridged conversations from our most recent episode. Welcome back to Investing Experts Podcast. Happy to have Avi Gilbert back on the show discussing Elliott Wave and technical analysis. Avi runs the Market Pinball Wizard Investing Group here on Seeking Alpha. Any articles discussed today, you can find links to them on our show notes. And all episodes have transcripts available on Seeking Alpha. And for those wanting to follow breaking news and general news coverage of the markets, come listen with us at Wall Street Breakfast. We have morning episodes released before 7 a.m. Eastern and afternoon episodes released around 12 noon Eastern. We've got Wall Street Breakfast and Wall Street Lunch for all your market news needs. Let's start with the metals market, if you would, and and what you're seeing uh, on the charts right now. Well, we are now tracking that could provide for a major melt-up across the uh, across the market. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're on the cusp of seeing if we can develop that over the next couple of weeks, but the setup has definitely not perfected yet. Ultimately, I think the metals are going to see a very, very sizable rally um, over the next year or two. Uh, but I'm waiting for the for the, the particular setup I'm looking for that'll that'll trigger the melt up I want to see. <laughs> melt up is basically where the market just goes straight up. And from an Elliott wave standpoint, we look for five wave structures, and we ideally we look for a third wave to trade. Why a third wave? Because a third wave is usually the strongest segment of any market rally that you will find. So what we're always looking for is trading the third waves. It usually has the strongest movement, the fastest movement. You make the most money in the shortest amount of time during a third wave. And right now we're trying to track uh, a third wave setup in the metals market. And how are you looking at miners as opposed to the metals themselves? Miners are setting up pretty much the same, but when, when we're dealing with, when I say the miners, I'm most specifically speaking of GDX. Okay. The individual miners really vary. Um, and I'll, I'll give you one example. Let me pull up my chart on Newmont. That's probably the best example I can give you. Uh, back in 2015, we actually, because we, uh, for, the, for those that followed me over the last decade or so, you may probably know that I we called the top in the uh, in the metals market for gold to hit the top 1915 or 1916. I forgot exactly the number we called for back in 2011. And at the time, I remember everybody was freaking out, saying 2000 is not. We're not even talking about 2000. How much farther past 2000 are we going to go? Was the big question. And we were saying, yeah, we think it's going to top at 1915. Gold topped at 1921 and entered a multi-year correction. Um, when we started seeing that correction ending, we rolled out a mining service over at Elliott Wave Trader, our, our first platform. And uh, and we rolled that out in actually of September of 2015. And one of the stocks that we, we suggested to buy for a longer term hold was Newmont. And I think we picked it up at maybe about $15 per, per you know, at the time. I think that was the price at the time. In back in April of 2022, Newmont rallied, and I had a minimum target of, for Newmont at about 82.83 from a long-term perspective. 
So when we hit 83.84 on Newmont, I told our subscribers that I'm basically selling almost all my holdings in Newmont, which was my largest holdings in the complex, individual holdings. And, um, and you know, a number of them thought I was crazy at the time also. But as we know, I think Newmont hit a high of about 86 and then dropped down below 40. I think it spiked just a little bit below 40, which was, which was our initial target. The problem I have with Newmont is that I'm not sure if Newmont is even going to make a higher high above that which was struck in April of 2022. So you know, Newmont could double from here. It could. But I, I think that there are much better opportunities than Newmont. And I think Newmont may hold GDX back a bit. So mm -hmm. when I'm looking at the mining complex as a whole, I really am saying, you know, I think you have to be careful about which stocks you're looking at in the mining in the mining world. Now, look, at the same time, if you buy Newmont at 43 and we do get up towards, you know, we approach even the prior highs, you're close to doubling your money. I mean, that's not so bad. You know, do that in a couple of years is not so bad. But I think there are better opportunities out there relative to Newmont. Gotcha. And anything to say about silver? Yeah, I love silver. <laughs> I, silver, I think, has potential. If we get the setup I want to see over the coming weeks, if not, it may take a little longer. But overall, I think silver could be setting up in a sim for a similar type of rally that we saw in 2010. And if you go back and you look at 2010 into 2011, you saw an almost parabolic silver rally. I think silver is is setting up for something similar. Again, if we don't get the setup I want to see, we may get another pullback in silver. But it'll, it'll just be a matter of time, I believe, before that setup actually develops and perfects. And then I think we have potential, not guaranteeing it, but I see the strong potential to get a similar type of rally that we saw in 2010. So I think silver can outperform most everything else in the complex. So switching a bit to commodities, how what are you seeing in the commodities realm? Well, you know, specifically on oil, um, I, I'm, I'm looking for a major multi-year rally uh, to develop in the oil market. Uh, I'm not wholly convinced that the absolute bottom has been struck just yet, but uh, there are a number of oil equity stocks that have bottom and a number of them that really suggest a lower low. But even if we do get a lower low in a number of them, I think the other ones that potentially already have bottom will just get a higher low. We call it a wave two retracement. You get a wave one off the low and then you get a wave two retracement and then that sets up your third wave higher. What's interesting about the commodities, whereas you know third waves are very strong, even in the commodities, Commodities are known for their fifth waves. As strong as third waves are, their fifth waves are just sights to behold, massive moves. So, you know, I'm still, and what we're setting up is a fifth wave in a lot of these commodities. So I'm expecting a sizable rally over the coming years in the various commodities, especially in oil. But as it stands right now, I'm not wholly convinced that all the charts have bottomed. Let me ask you this. Is there anything coming at you on the charts that you're surprised is happening? The one thing that surprised me right now is how long uh, the bond market has been consolidated. 
I, I was not expecting this long of a consolidation, but I am expecting uh, a bond rally. But I, I'm not sure if your question really had to do just in commodities. But that right now is probably the one. Chart. No, yeah. In general, in the market, yeah, the, the, the bond market, the, the consolidation, the, the, the length of this consolidation that we've seen in the bond market, um, I did not expect it to last this long. But I am still expecting another rally to be taking hold pretty soon in, in, in the bond market. We're actually tracking a setup right now that uh, could confirm a, uh, a nice size rally to be seen over the coming year in the bond market. How do you look at or what's the correlation in your eyes between the bond market and the stock market? I, I you know, this is something I actually wrote in an article about that came out this morning. Um, the issue I have with the term correlation is that it, it's, it, it almost takes a more superficial view of the market. You look at one chart, it's moving this way. You look at another chart, you move, it's moving in the same way. So people assume there's some type of correlation there. When you take the charts apart and you look at them individually, what you do is you look at the, where they are within their own structure and within their own trend. And yes, there are times that charts are going to be seemingly correlated, but all they're doing is trading within their own specific patterns for a period of time. I remember, and I wrote about this in the article back, this was probably the most glaring point Back in 2016, I wrote a very, very detailed update to our members about all the different seeming correlations that people have been following in the market at that point. And I said, based upon a number of these charts, a lot of these correlations are about to break down. In early 2017, one of our, and then we saw it happening, you know, as we went through 2016 and early 2017, one of my uh, one of my uh, money manager clients sent me an article from Morgan Stanley that that uh, it was like January of 2017 that said we haven't seen a breakdown of these type of correlations in decades. So you know when you're able to take apart the chart and understand each chart on its own, not only do you not have a need for correlations, but you can even determine when those seeming correlations are going to break down. So. I, I do not look at one chart to identify a move for another chart. I'd rather be analyzing each specific chart on its own and, and asking, what is this specific chart telling me on its own? Not, and I don't take into account any other charts as well. I look at each and individual chart on their own, and I analyze it as such. I don't try to take cross-analysis. I've seen too many people get hurt doing that. Just a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast should not be considered investment advice. This is for entertainment purposes only, and you should seek advice from a licensed professional before investing. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a rating or review on your favorite podcasting app, and we'll see you soon with a new episode.